Jamie Cooper is a registered dietitian who specializes in working with soccer players of all ages. She played soccer at Middle Tennessee State University. In this episode, we dive into all things nutrition and how it affects performance, mood, sleep, and much more. As always, this episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With six different models to choose, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JG25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. Great, Jamie, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jesse. I'm excited. All right, so for everyone that's heard, Jamie is a registered dietitian uh, specializing in working with soccer players. So, Jamie, could you just give us a brief background on how you got started with your love for nutrition and helping soccer players? Yeah, so it kind of came out of, I wouldn't say nowhere, but I was originally on track to become a physical therapist. Um, but my dad had actually had two heart attacks. One was one when I was in high school and one when I was in college. Um, and through his experience, he was letting me know, you know, I know you love food. I know you like talking about food. You love just learning about it. Um, here's my experience with a registered dietitian in the hospital. And so I started to make that transition from physical therapy to becoming a registered dietitian. And it just made sense. Like it fit better with what I, what I love doing. Um, I think being a physical therapist would have been a really great avenue for me as well, because I had hurt, I had torn my ACL, but uh, food is just such a natural, natural thing uh, for me. And it just made sense. No, for sure. When, um, so after the fact, so you played at a very high level at middle Tennessee state, looking back as you started going down the, the path of being a nutritionist, you know, how did you feel or do you regret some of the nutrition choices you made while playing? You know, I think that hindsight is always twenty twenty. Right. Um, I can definitely pinpoint all the things that I could have improved upon had I even known about it. Mm. But I had no, I didn't even really put two and two together. Um, that like, you know, I'm having, like, I'm, I'm not consistent during games. I'm cramping at the end or like 10 minutes right. before the end of games. Like I get headaches after all the games. Like I just didn't even understand and nobody was talking about this stuff. So when I look and it's, back, it's, that's I not normal too. It's like, it's like, I feel like yeah. a lot of, like it happens to a lot of people. It's like, oh, cramps, headaches. Oh, it's just, you know, that people probably just write that off as that's normal. Cause I worked really yeah. hard for 90 minutes. Right. Exactly. It's like, well, I'm just out of shape. Well, no, like I don't, I look back on my high school career and I'm like, for lunch, I ate French fries, like just French fries. Right. right. And I, I, I ate breakfast, but I barely ate breakfast. So like I looking back, like I would have done things differently. And I think like, well, what could have, what could have been had I like actually looked at it better and executed it better. Right. So, and so just going off that and talking about cramping and headaches, you know, how much does nutrition really, and aside from cramping now, let's get into some like injury type of things, you know, how how much does nutrition play a factor in, you know, some people who may be chronically injured or the always injured type, but you know, how much does nutrition play a factor in that? Uh, A lot. So I think a lot of, you know, a lot of it is this, this relationship between like, like, 
training and you can overtrain and undertrain and you can be fueling and you can be overfueling and you can be underfueling. And so they kind of go together. Um, so often I see people that are overtraining and underfueling. And that combination right there is a really hard one um, because you know, if you're not eating enough to support your body, even just walking down the sidewalk or getting up and moving around your house, which often a lot of these people aren't even doing that. I don't understand how you expect yourself to be able to do all the training that you're asking, which is, you know, some of these, some of these players are training, you know, five, six, seven days a week, multiple times a day. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff for you to be doing. Yeah. What does underfueling look like for, for most people? And I guess, and even some of the athletes yeah. that you work with. Yeah, it's going to differ from player to player, but, you know, low energy and consistency um, in your training sessions, maybe you're, you're training and we all want to see us getting better, but mm. if you're not seeing improvements in your training, that's a good sign that you are not eating enough. Um, moody, kind of hangry, just mm. being like plain irritable. Right. Um, let's see. You know, your strength is probably going to go. Yep. So, you know, if you're a goalkeeper and you're noticing that your um, your punting is just lackluster, mm. you know, that should be a good sign that you don't have enough output um, to be able to help that. Or, um, let's see, there's just so, there's just so many um, instances where, like, maybe your stamina isn't able, you know, you're not able to play the entire game. Maybe you are only able to play 60 minutes, like, that should be a good sign. It's not that you didn't train enough. It's that you're not fueling enough. Maybe you can't even focus. Right. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Speaking of focusing, what are, what are some, some foods and I guess drinks that, that you recommend that will help improve that focus. And now I want to kind of also want to dive into this a little bit. And, you know, there's all the things saying about the keto diet and how that's supposed to help the brain and help you feel focused. But, can we talk about why that's not really safe for a high performance athlete? Yes. <clears throat> so the keto diet was, you know, originally started for individuals that are having seizures. Right. So there's research that it helps like autistic kids as well, right? Yeah. Like more and more research is coming out, but when it comes to performance, your energy that you are, um, Needing needs to come from carbohydrates, not fat. Carbohydrates are really efficiently used by the body, so there's a quick turnaround. So if you need energy and you need it quick, then you need to go for carbohydrates. Fat is an energy source, but it takes longer for that energy source to be, um, you know, to be used by the body. Right. And a lot of times it's just, it takes longer for it to digest. So it's really not the optimal energy source. If someone, if someone wants to use it, like fine. Um, but it, you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage by not using carbohydrates. So having a more high carb, um, moderate protein, um, even moderate fat would be okay. Rather than the opposite of high fat, low carb. So right. Forth. So when you talk, moderate fat, moderate protein, what does that look like for an athlete? And I know it's going to differ for, for everybody. Um, but you know, for the, I guess, general population of a high performance soccer athlete, soccer player at the, at the collegiate level, and even, you know, 
high or high school level, what's that going to look like? And, yeah, and even so like, I what are, what really are some like diet staples that you would recommend? Yeah, I think um, in terms of protein, one of the tips I always give people, one, you need to make sure that you're eating all meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and spacing them out appropriately. So that's rule number one before you can ever really go into detail with anything else. So if you're not doing that, that's a good place to start. Um, in terms of like protein, I always tell people just for ease is palm size. So your palm of protein would be would be adequate, but space it out evenly throughout the day as you're doing your activities, as you're going through, rather than backloading it towards the end, you're going to be missing out on your nutritional needs. Um, And then in terms of fat, um, for all intents and purposes, we want to include fat at every single meal. Uh, It's really helpful to absorb certain vitamins and nutrients, but we don't need to have like copious amounts of it. Mm-hmm. So I tell people like just a thumbs worth yep. of fat will go a long way. And, um, you know, around your training and around games, we want to kind of limit that fat or any fiber just because we don't want that stuff to be digesting at the wrong time. So it's not that those things are, are horrible and whatnot, but we, we really want to, you know, not put ourselves in a situation where it's going to like wreck our stomach. So speaking of, eating, you know, before a game, let's say, how important, or like, do do you put more emphasis on nutrient timing or just nutrients throughout the day as a whole? Uh, You said on game day? Yeah, like, yeah, I guess nutrient timing on a game or just are you getting the proper amount of calories, protein, and macros in, you know, during that day? Yeah, I think it's, everyone wants to look at the day, but leading up to that day, the week leading up the week the week leading into it is just as important because all of that stuff goes into your training sessions too how you recover um how you go into the next day so really making sure it's not just you know i I haven't really thought about it the entire week and on game day is when i'm going to you know really pay special attention right you're missing out on the bigger picture So I tell people, like, you really do need to be consistent in your behaviors and your habits leading up to game day because game day should be your most predictable day because you've practiced it. Yep. So everything that you are doing on game day, your, you know, your breakfast, your lunch, the snacks that you have, your recovery snacks, all that stuff are things that you've practiced throughout the week so that game day is, is like the easiest right it's interesting and it's like the most optimized yeah you don't think about you know you think about going to practice going back you know doing your thing doing doing what you have to do throughout the day but you don't think about practicing what you're going to eat on a game because it's so important right you don't want to eat the wrong thing before a game right i think and and i agree with you you know when i played i tried to eat everything the same because i knew xyz did better Mm -hmm. for me throughout throughout the game so it's, it's interesting that's you know nutrition's probably something that you need to practice day in, day out, you know, for 18 hours a day. I mean, think about it. Like you, the, the one thing that's certain in, in all of this is like, you have to eat every single day, like mm-hmm. plain and simple. Yeah. You have to eat every single day. You, you're going to practice it. Mm-hmm. You might as well like be, you know, have a little bit of more in- intention with it. Right. But I think when you can view nutrition and fueling your body the same way that you would go into training in your respective you know um, position 
Like right. you're training your muscles to react so that your brain is not really having to like make those decisions in the same capacity. Like you're getting better at it. Like the same is, is um, applicable to nutrition. Like we kind of start to make these, these decisions with a little less like pressure. Mm -hmm. What are some optimal tips for post-recovery nutrition? What are you, what are you recommending? What do you think is the best way to, to recover or at least that you've found? Yeah, um, it's going to depend on on the individual, but you know, I tell my clients that you're not done with your training until you've had your recovery nutrition. Um, and this is going to be where it's it's different for every individual and every situation because you end training at different times: some in the morning, some in the evening, some in the afternoon. Um, so the what is going to differ. It may be where you have your next meal soon afterwards. It may be that you have your recovery snack. One of my favorites is chocolate milk because it helps to refuel your muscles with, um, you know, that, that energy that you need. Um, it's going to refuel the protein or repair with protein and rebuild your muscle. And it's going to rehydrate you and provide those electrolytes that are going to really help you so that the next time you're training or the next game that you have, like you're starting from a better spot than had you not had it. So optimally, it's soon after you finish your training or your game. Um, but research is kind of showing that there's a larger window for that. Right. So you know, I was going to ask is like, do you believe in that 30 minute? Like, I know just from, you know, weightlifting and stuff and reading all that, you know, everyone always had said, get your protein in within 30 minutes. And then I've also seen like, it doesn't really matter, but what do you, what do you recommend? You always recommend kind of um, as, as quick as you can. I think it's good to do it soon after just to get into the habit of doing right. it. Um, it's like, what do you have to, like, what's the, what do you have to lose? Right. So it's like, you might as yeah, well just do it after. Exactly. Like yeah. just get into the habit of doing it because it's better to do that than to get out of the habit. But you know, if someone really doesn't have, um, the capability to do it, like there's no need to, to fret if even after 24 hours you haven't done it, but making that consistently is that's where you know, you're probably going to start noticing, um, where it's not helping you. So just getting into those good habits. You mentioned chocolate milk being one of your favorite post-workout recoveries. Now, what are you going to tell somebody who might be lactose intolerant, somebody who might deal with, you know, uh, a bowel disease, IBS, something like that, who just can't yeah. handle certain foods? You know, how do you, how do you work around that? And, and that includes kind of like the way the way protein supplements, and obviously, you know, you should get your 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 protein from yeah. your foods. But yeah. if things like that, you know, how do you work around the the different eating disorders or immune disorders? I guess. Yeah. So I yeah. think. So I think yeah, I think that it's, you know, we want to make sure we are refueling, repairing, and rehydrating. And so as long as we are checking off those boxes, it doesn't really matter what we are having. So I tell, you know, I make suggestions where it could be a sports drink. So you've got the rehydration and you've got the refueling of the muscle with the carbohydrates. Um, and then you can pair that with some beef jerky or if you've got half of a sandwich. Um, there's so many ways that you can do it with food that doesn't cost a whole lot of money. Um, and you don't have to supplement with some, uh, high priced, uh, protein or any kind of supplement when you can use food. Right. Um, so food first and then, um, supplements need to be assessed by, um, you know, a sports dietitian preferably because there's just a bunch of stuff out there that, um, 
doesn't actually say doesn't actually have the ingredients of what yeah. they uh, uh, advertise. Yeah, so I would always say you look for NSF, right, certified or third party tested, just because yes. there are way too many brands that just powder their stuff up to to make it look better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Informed, Informed choice is another one that would be a good one for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay clear of like anything that says they have like a proprietary blend. Yeah, because then they don't they don't have to tell uh, you what's in it, right? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So how do you deal with working with an athlete who maybe have, has come to you or is coming to you, and they mentioned they've tried certain diets like maybe keto, Mediterranean, vegan diet, what have you? What is your take on all those? I don't want to call them fad diets, but I guess different lifestyles. You know, what's your take on on using those as an athlete? You know, I think that because everybody is different, if it is working for an athlete um, or they perceive that it's working, I am am on board for supporting them in that. But once I start to see that there are um, gaps. That's where That's we where start we to have that conversation, conversation of right. what it really does look like. You know, if they're doing keto, that's going to be, that may be appropriate for a particular athlete that has a certain condition. Um, but ultimately, like majority of, you know, athletes, like that's not necessarily going to be the case. Um, but if I have anybody that comes in that wants to do uh, like a vegetarian lifestyle, a pescatarian, maybe even a vegan, I'm going to ask them a lot of questions to really understand why they are wanting it. There's not a, a wrong answer for it. Um, but that's not, kind of even where even I Even if they said they watched the Game Changer documentary on Netflix, it's not... <laughs> Is that, well, is that a right, then, right or wrong that, answer? I'll tell you what, that, that like, stuff is so convincing. Yeah. It's very convincing. I watched it. I'm like, yeah. It, it, you know, it made me rethink everything. But anyway. Well, and that's that's a great place to also question, like, when it comes to documentaries, especially Netflix documentaries, like, those people, like, you have to analyze it and ask a ton of questions. Like, don't just accept answers because some person that said that they were a doctor said so. Like right. that's not that's even not good, good enough. enough. Um, and so just, so just you should question everything. And Netflix definitely is not the place to learn about any nutrition information. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I ask a lot of questions. I want to get answers. And I want to also screen for any disordered eating um, and any eating disorders because people do try to use different uh, modes, you know, maybe, maybe those types of diets to achieve something that is unrealistic and is actually going to not only hurt their performance, but for their overall health. Gotcha. Do you recommend keeping a food journal? Um, not necessarily. Food journals can be a slippery slope and I don't think that every athlete needs to do them. Um, but they can be helpful if you want to be, if you want to create more awareness, but I think, um, blindly doing them is, is just unhelpful. I think working with someone is always going to be more helpful in that, you know, understanding that process. Makes sense. What's your take on fasting? Cause I'm very curious. And now that I'm not really playing anymore, I don't necessarily yeah, do yeah. intermittent fasting by choice it's kind of just like the way my i go about my day and i end up getting like that kind of 14 to 16 hour fast just when i eat dinner when i eat yeah, breakfast yeah. next but um like let, let's say you have a student athlete and 
you know, they they kind of they have class or something late at night, so they get out of class. They and let's say they don't eat after class, and then they have practice or training in the morning. They eat a little something, but uh, what if you know they just don't eat until ten, eleven o'clock on on a regular day? Is that is that good, bad? And let's say it's not a game day. I think they are hurting their performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that realistically, like you could eat within a certain window, but I think that you are like, I think that you're hurting yourself. Um, and I would then question like, what is the goal of intermittent fasting or just fasting in general? Um, a lot of players that I hear are, you know, they speak of calorie deficit, calorie deficit. And you know, why? Because you want to look like a soccer player or do you want to play like a soccer player? Because playing like a soccer player and looking like one, like those are two that I I would be aware of that mindset, Mm -hmm. become aware of it. But if you find yourself thinking that way, you really need to check yourself because um, we want to maintain energy balance. And if you are really wanting to perform at a high level, being in a calorie deficit is not going to do it. It really right. isn't. We we often need to be in an energy balance and energy surplus to be able to, like, you want to be in a game and still feel like you have energy to play if you need to go into overtime, not feel like you are, like, on your deathbed you know, uh, by uh, yeah. the 80th minute. Right, exactly. How would you recommend, though, let's say somebody, speaking of calorie deficit, if you are talking to a player trying to lose weight in this season, which I'm sure can be very difficult because, you know, you're already expending so much energy, got to get mm-hmm. the calories in. So, you know, what are some tips that you might recommend from that perspective? Could you repeat that question? I'm sorry. Just like a, in somebody trying to lose weight during the season, you know, what... Would, what are yeah, some things yeah. that you might try to tell them? Because that's that's obviously going to be, I, w- I would think, pretty hard to do it, at least in a healthy manner. I would really have a tough conversation and tell them that this is not appropriate for in-season. Mm. This is something that we could focus on in off-season. Yeah. So if you have an off-season, that's when um, you can kind of, you know, make those changes. Right. But we we don't want to be doing that in preseason, and we don't want to be doing that in season. That's that's the last. Like, think about game day as the day that we want to be able to perform well. The whole entire in season is that time. So body comp changes need to be afterthought, and they need to be in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It's just you just need too much fuel to and energy during the yeah. season just to make sure you're doing all right. Um, exactly. Bouncing all over the place, but earlier we talked about eating and how it affects your mood, and it also can affect kind of play a role in anxiety too, right? So can we talk about like how mm-hmm. how certain foods and what you're eating and what you're digesting also, you know, that there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain. So you know, what are some foods and some ways to kind of make sure that we're not feeling as anxious and try to avoid that anxiety by, by what we're eating. And also I think I would assume sleep, right? What you're eating and when you're eating can kind of help you sleep better and or worse. Yeah. I think, uh, number one, if you're not eating, I, I, I will be, you know, I will say this so I'm blue in the face. Like if you are not eating enough in general, like not looking at individual stuff, you are going to be anxious. You're going to yeah. make your brain anxious. 
Um, but definitely, you know, the gut and the brain do communicate. And so um, when it comes to all that stuff, we want to really make sure that, um, one, we're managing our stress appropriately. So if you are someone that, um, you know, utilizes maybe alcohol to deal with your stress, that's going to, that's going to hurt a lot of things. Yeah, please don't. Um, but also, you know, we want to look at, you know, our good gut bacteria. So I like to, you know, I don't necessarily name these as probiotics and prebiotics, um, but we want to get a lot of um, variety in color um, in terms of fiber. So these things provide um, like your yogurt, your fermented, um, you know, your, your kefir, sauerkraut. Yeah. Yeah, your kimchi, that stuff mm. provides probiotics. But once we provide those probiotics, we need to provide prebiotics, which are going to really be the food for those probiotics right. to really flourish and really help our gut so that we are having a happy gut, which is going to then impact, you know, your mood um, and your brain. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I never, so I mean, I, I made it pretty public. I, I have colitis, right? I, you know, I deal with it pretty regularly but um you know it, it got really bad at the end of the summer I never really realized how much what I eat and how like I always mm -hmm. knew about it but just like when my stomach was bothering me I would I, would, I was just like would look back and be, Man, I was miserable I was so moody like I was so, you know I was short with just dealing with people yeah. I, like I was miserable um but it's just it's just so interesting now that like I'm more aware of it how how what you're eating can really affect yeah and energy levels too throughout the day I mean it's it's wild how much food really plays a play a role in and energy and performance yeah definitely i mean just the more varied that you know that you can more variety that you can put into your diet like the the better that you're going to be um you know we get so many different types of nutrients um from different things so just because you know you may have i, I encourage all of my athletes to really create a lot of color on their plate in more ways than one um, just because, uh, just because you know, you're go you're certain things are going to provide, like I said, those like nutrients said, that other things are not going to provide. Um, uh, and it just and helps it to create helps a really great, right. um, flourishing, flourishing microbiome. microbiome. What if you don't like vegetables? Uh, fruit, uh, fruit. That's a really, that's yeah. a good gateway for people. Um, but if you don't uh, like vegetables, like don't eat don't boring eat vegetables. vegetables, you know, yeah. there's a reason why up, we add cheese. Yeah, like add fat to it. Um, fat is is actually a really great vehicle to be able to one provide flavor and to absorb certain nutrients. Without the salad dressing on your salad, you're you're really just eating roughage. You're not going to be absorbing as much as you as you could had you had the salad uh, the salad dressing on there. Make your vegetables taste good, season them well, um, and you may find that you actually enjoy them and cook them different ways like steaming certain things that may be a preference for you versus roasting. Um, I roast a lot of my vegetables just because I, I prefer that, but um, you, you just gotta, gotta explore and explore with curiosity um, and really ask yourself why you don't like them because a lot of people just kind of got forced to eat them or they couldn't leave the table. And that's really where that like resistance kind of starts. Yeah, speaking of seasoning, there, there are a handful of different seasonings. Could you just touch on those that are actually good for you? Some like uh, turmeric, garlic, right? Those, you know, those different types of seasoning can actually help 
with the with the gut as well, correct? Yeah, if you um, and I'm not like the seasonings are not necessarily my like forte, so I won't speak to those too much. Mm. But um, let's say if you do um, turmeric, uh, you would like you probably should pair that up with black pepper because black right. pepper actually helps it. Um, but yeah, like like think about other cultures and the seasonings that they like have. Um, within their culture like when we think of like indian food like they're they're so rich in the different types of spices and they and they provide a lot of sensory um experiences and just taste and those provide a lot of nutrition too so you know when you think about all that stuff like don't make boring food for real like season your food so that you enjoy it because that's also going to cultivate like a happier healthier you right that's, yeah, no, I agree. Um, so last question I have, other than reaching out to you, where should, you know, what type of information is out there that you would recommend athletes look at and, and use on a daily basis to help them? And that's after messaging you, so. Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, you know, I, I have my own private practice. Um, I love working with soccer players, but I'm not the only person that you should be listening to uh, when it comes to those that are um, wanting more information on nutrition, really make sure that you're talking to, you know, a, a performance dietitian. Um, those are going to be your experts that are going to be helping you. And you don't even have to reach out necessarily to someone that specializes in your sport. Um, so just know that if there's somebody that you jive with more, like, like, talk to them, talk to them. Um, and um, also there's also different, different approaches. approaches. So just, so just because, because I have a, I have, I have a certain have approach, approach, I'm not for, I'm everybody. Not for everybody. Right. So, so if you look on social media, media um, um, you know, be aware that not everybody that's on there is, is, you know, should be giving advice. qualified to give, to give out nutrition tips. Yeah. 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 Right. No, I, I would agree there, but appreciate your time. Thank you. This was very informative for me. So I hope hopefully it will be for everyone else. So again, thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse.